Got pretty spooky last night for Bitcoin, slipping below 26,000, but it found its legs and is firming up with risk assets this morning. Stocks trying to make a push too. But is the damage already done as we slip through some important levels? Let's bring in Stephen McClurg, Chief Investment Officer at Valkyrie. Stephen, good morning. Thanks for being here on the program. Hey, good morning, Oliver. Thanks for having me again. So let's first uh, put some perspective into the sell-off because we know crypto is a volatile asset class, always has been. Some people like it for that reason. Where does the current action sit relative to some of the other big downdrafts in Bitcoin in particular? Yeah, look, Bitcoin's down about 60% from its uh, peak right now. And really where Bitcoin sits in regards to other asset classes, I mean, we have uh, NASDAQ down 30% from its peak. Uh, the S&P is down 20%. Uh, even the 30-year bond is down 30%. So imagine that right now. I mean, who, who would have thought that uh, uh, bonds issued uh, in October would be down that much? Uh, but uh, this really is a uh, it really is an interesting time for a lot of people that haven't lived through a high inflationary era where the Fed is trying to battle inflation by raising short term rates. That's where it seems like it's particularly troublesome for Bitcoin's narrative. Uh, Michael Saylor this morning tweeting out again that this is your best inflation hedge. How can people say this where if we look at the returns since inflation started going up, this thing's doing worse. Are we seeing that story now be disproven or do we need to give it more time? Because to your point, bonds are getting blasted too. And my thought always was, even as a crypto cynic, maybe Bitcoin will work when treasuries blow up. Maybe people go, you know what? We do have a problem here. We got too much debt. We can't hike rates. Our bond market's blowing up. But the bond market is blowing up and Bitcoin's still doing worse. Yeah, exactly. Well, look, you know, Bitcoin is over the long run, a, I believe is going to be a good inflationary hedge. Uh, it has been over the last uh, 10 years. I think it will be uh, when we zoom out, uh, when we look back at this, at, at this moment. But really what's happening right now is all risk assets are being crushed. And when you have a highly liquid asset like Bitcoin that is in people's portfolios, it's easy to trade 24 seven, you don't have to wait for the markets to open on Monday before you trade it, uh, then that's the asset that's going to be sold out of first uh, to shore up liquidity. Uh, so as long as while, while we're still in this pattern of, of cryptocurrencies uh, becoming more mainstream, uh, at the moment, they're still they're, they're still a risk asset and people are going to use them as such. Um, assets are what people use them for. When you say Bitcoin's history as being an inflation hedge is good, what do you mean by that? I mean, we never got inflation above 2% for a decade. As soon as inflation went up, Bitcoin went down. Well, there's two ways to look at that, right? So if you go back to 2009, even though our CPI print was extremely low, inflation was actually high. If you look at housing prices, for instance, from 2009 uh, up until now, uh, housing has gone through the roof every single year and and it's constantly gotten higher and higher and higher so uh if you look at those hard assets that are really meaningful to people that's where real inflation is and uh bitcoin has outperformed those assets okay so you're saying cpi pce the stuff that changes policy is less important i mean housing is uh, numbers might keep some people out of the housing market if it's unaffordable but it also increases wealth so i mean if it, the inflation metric you use doesn't actually impact the policy why use that as the inflation metric cpi pc that's what changes policy isn't that what matters well it does change policy but the problem is it it 
is that it changes policy. So if you look at what the Fed has done over the last uh, two years, uh, they've been looking at the CPI number and thinking, oh, we don't really have inflation here, everything's okay. And then when CPI does start popping up, uh, which was about a year ago, they say, okay, well, no, inflation's transitory. So, so the question is, do they really use CPI or, or is it a backward looking measure where they try to hurry up and, uh, and change policy and change rates? Um, I, I don't think CPI is, is, a, is a clear count and real inflation to people that are just everyday people, people that are working uh, is much higher than what actually CPI does. I would wager that if you surveyed people, everyday people on when inflation started to hurt them, they'd say within the last eight months. Uh, yes. So you know, I still have trouble with this, but hey, I mean, at this point, uh, there is still potential for uh, bonds and some of these other things to uh, create uh, deep volatility. When do we render the verdict, Stephen? I mean, if uh, we're seeing the inflation metrics that policymakers use go up and Bitcoin gets hit the most, where do we draw the line on the narrative? Do we need to wait until yields go to 4%, 5% and Bitcoin still doesn't work? I mean, what do we, don't we have to have a system here to test what happens in an environment? Cause we've never seen the rising rate environment for the crypto world before. We've never seen it. We got it in 20, 2018 for a couple months, Fed turned around. Right. So where do we draw the line on this thesis? Yeah, well, I, I think it's still a nascent asset uh, we're still we're still a little over ten years old, and I think again long term it's going to be a, uh, a a much different asset than what we're seeing today. It's still in this stage of being uh, a risk asset and a uh, speculative asset, and of course all speculative and all risk assets are are, are getting crushed right now. Um, and I think we're going to see more signs in the next few months. Uh, the Fed will probably raise rates 50 basis points again in June, probably again in July. And in the FOMC meeting in September, I suspect they might have to put it on pause or even lower rates again ahead of the midterms. Uh, as we know, uh, the, the Fed has become more and more tied with the current administration. And uh, there is going to be a need to uh, have a stronger show in the midterm elections. And the Fed will probably be forced to support an economy to help win those elections. Okay, uh, so I'm with you on the intertwining uh, relationship, but uh, it seems like the conclusion must be the opposite. President Trump back in 2018, when the Powell and team turned around, was tweeting at him every day, your rates are too high, what are you doing? Lower rates, lower rates. So, I mean, I think you'd have to be blind to not accept that influence possibly. But how is it not the opposite today, Stephen? Powell just said, or Biden just said yesterday that we got to fight inflation and the only thing I've got is Jay Powell. So why would he suddenly <laughs> cut rates? Is he supposed to do the opposite? Biden can't pass anything while inflation's this high and Powell's the only guy with the blunt instrument to fight it. No, that's exactly right. I mean, the, the, the Biden is trying to pass a $30 billion spending program. We're in the midst of high inflation. Government spending is one of the largest contributors to inflation. Uh, over the last couple of years, and they they want to spend money to be able to uh, you know to to help people <laughs> to uh, help people to vote for them. Uh, bribery is always the best tool for winning elections, and um, and at the same time they have to fight inflation because inflation is the thing that's running against them. So so you're right. Uh, Powell is the only answer, and everything that Powell does is causing the markets to uh, continue to go down.
Okay, so if they got to fight inflation, and Powell's the guy to do it, and the inflation-fighting impetus is coming from political spectrum, I guess midterms aren't going to be the obvious answer to get Powell to stop. It could. I mean, there, what 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 I suspect is going to happen is they're going to just declare, you know, inflation. The, the war on inflation is won, right? Sometime in September, because hmm. uh, sometimes the narrative makes more sense than than the actual event. Okay. Uh, so that that narrative will, will likely come out sometime between September and and, and November, and uh, the the Fed will then have to uh, pause because everybody's losing money in their four hundred one ks. Okay, that's interesting. I, that maybe they'll just say, "Hey, well, if inflation peaked, we won. We can stop." Hey, Stephen, uh, we got to talk real quick before I let you go. Uh, the uh, stablecoin situation. Uh, what's going on here? It turns out, turns out these aren't very stable, I guess. Is it just limited to this one that blew up? Or are we going to be looking at problems with Tether, the one that people were worried about for uh, years? What's the latest here? I, I think we should be worried about a lot of different stable coins. Uh, any type of algorithmic stable coin uh, isn't really a good stable coin. It's not really backed by anything that's meaningful. So if you have a dollar peg and you don't hold dollars behind it, then you're going to be in trouble. This is why China, for years, has always tried to peg the renminbi to the to the dollar, and did that by holding treasuries, right? Because they're dollar denominated, and countries that try to peg their currency to the dollar that don't hold treasuries or dollars have always suffered. Uh, same thing with stable coins. The algorithmic stable coins just simply don't work. We've never believed in them. Uh, mm. There's there's probably a lot more pain to come in other algorithmic stable coins. Tether, it's debatable if it's a one-to-one -one, uh, to one-to-one -to, -one to holdings or not. And uh, some of the other ones, though, like <clears throat> Gemini Coin or USDC, are a one-to-one, -one and and do have uh, holdings that are that are seen and audible. So we're okay with those types of stable coins, but the other ones that uh, that don't have a one-to-one -one holding to a dollar, even though they say they're pegged to a dollar, are they're going to be in trouble. Okay, hey Stephen, thanks for playing ball. Always a fun chat. Thanks for being here. Thanks, Oliver. You got it. Stephen McClurg, Chief Investment Officer at Valkyrie.